Time is running out for the planet Earth. It's impervious to all voices. There's an intriguing sensation. It's a nuclear device. Fun, fun, fun! Yes, that's nice. Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. It belongs to a creature from outer space. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's very important. It does not know you. It's a trap! Hi, everyone, and welcome to all new episode of Geek Shell Hair, and I'm Daniel Pickett. I'm Jason Lindsay. And we're back. We, we took another little week off. We are back. But, you know... But we're back, yeah. They say, and I don't know if they're right, but they say that absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yes. Do you feel that? Are you, are you more fond? Well, some are you, some people say absence makes the heart go yonder. Ooh. <laughs> I'm just saying. Ooh, well, <laughs> depends depends on who you're talking to. Daniel, I have been and always shall be faithful to you. I have not. I'm not seeing anyone else. All right. Now, All right. Uh, but did are you did you miss me? Are, did you, are you have you grown more fond, or did you go? I didn't even know he was gone. Of course, I miss you. Oh. It's, it's, I mean, we're we're in such a routine now, having done this almost two years, that it's strange not to talk to you for a week. It, it is weird, isn't it? And I keep thinking about those numbers. You know, this is episode, what, 93? This is 92, actually. I think I sent you the wrong number. Oh, okay, 90, 92. See, yeah. you're who screws me up on the math. I know, that's right. You're trying, I blame myself. Now you're just messing with me. Um, and I still kind of go, what? Like, there must be things that people... There must be notes or maybe late episodes people get to, whatever, that I, I, I probably have no recall of conversation, things that we've talked about. Right, like, yes. Because we, we've talked about so much stuff. Yeah. It's, it's not like we're just talking about one one genre or one topic every week. And, and especially when there's like this gap, like it just seems like there's so much, so many topics that pile up. And it's just like, I just keep making notes like, oh, i got to talk about that. Oh, i got to talk about that. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's... Uh, and I just want to say as well, I kind of made a little note on the um, the Geek Shell and Herod page on Facebook because we got such really super cool uh, notes and compliments from people in the last episode. And I realized that we have, you know, if, if, if we only looked at the notes and the number of people, we'd think, oh, my gosh, we you know, 12 people are listening. Every-. I realized that we have lots more listeners and that, that don't you know, write and everything, so I don't know if they go and, and look at those comments. So I just wanted to say on air, again, how much we appreciate you guys coming back and listening every week and uh, responding the way you do and just, just being the best listeners imaginable. And I said it on, on there, and I'll say it again. Without people tuning in to listen, we're just a couple of yabos on air talking about crap that we dig. We could just pick up the phone and call each other. Uh, right. So, which is what we used to do. Which is what we used to do. Yeah. <laughs> difference now. Hey, we should really record this. The only difference now is we're getting paid tons of money to do it. Hey, wait a second. Where, where's that coming from? I mean, what? Are you getting checks I, that I'm not wait, seeing? Wait, let's change the subject. It's not important. Mm. Um. So so thanks again, everybody, for – if we don't say it enough, thank you for listening and thanks for taking the time to you know, respond to stuff that we talk about. It, it, those are those times where we go, oh, yeah, people are listening and they, they dig it and they're having fun and we really appreciate it. Yeah, and there's absolutely you know, more because like anytime I go to a convention, you know, I'll wear like a, uh, an Action Figure Insider or Geek Shell Inherit shirt and there's always people coming up going, oh, my gosh, I listen to you guys every week. Or, well, that's cool. So it's just great. Yeah. See, 
I would make more appearances and things like that, but what people don't realize and we've kept quiet for a long time is that I'm just a head in a jar. Yeah, and I'm not going to carry you around. And I'm, it, I'm shopping. I'm trying to do stuff. Well, I'm you, just wheeling. The time you dropped, the time you dropped me, and I was flipping around like a goldfish on the ground. Yeah, that was, was that. It was an accident. It was no fun. So we, we've kept the illusion up long enough. I think that I have a full body. Right. Um, so it's hard for me to do shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, so thanks everybody. As usual, when we miss a week or whatever, uh, we've got loads to talk about. I've had some downright spooky, weird, strange, cosmic, painful, fun, wacky things happen to me the past few weeks. And this last trip to New York, I thought I'd share a couple of things with you guys because it, I think you'd get a kick out of it. But let's have Daniel start, as usual, with what he's all excited about. Okay. Uh, and this one's a little late. I should have done it in the last episode, but didn't. But better late than never, and you can still catch up. Uh, I'm going to say the series The Thundermans on Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. Starring, starring our friend Chris Tolman. Chris Tolman. And i got to say something, because you're good buddies with Chris Tolman. I've only met yeah. Tolman like t- two or three times, maybe twice. And uh, so I, you know, I consider him, I'd say he's a friend or an acquaintance or whatever. I don't know Tolman, but he just seems like one of those just good guys. Like he just strikes me as just a good guy and a really good person. And I always like hearing when good things happen to people that we know that are friends with that, you know, there's a lot of shits out there that, that, yes. that things come easy to. And then there's a bunch of people that are talented that it's, you know, however the, the dice roll. And it's always great to hear stuff like this. So tell everybody what this show is and how exciting it is and uh, what he's doing. So it's on Nickelodeon. Uh, it's on Saturday evenings, but you can also go to Nickelodeon.com or Nick.com and see the first two episodes that have aired. So it's a new show that they're doing uh, on Nick, and they are a family of superheroes. So kind of like The Incredibles where, you know, they're trying to live the normal life. Dad and mom were crime fighters, had retired. The kids have superpowers now. They've just moved to this new place. They're trying to fit in, but, you know, things keep happening. And, you know, for anyone, especially guys like us, and and Tolman is, you know, certainly cut from the same cloth as us. Uh, if we had the opportunity to have a professional job being a superhero and, you know, getting to do, you know, the special effects where you fly and you break stuff and bend stuff and shoot lasers out of your eyes, I mean, that's that's everyone's dream, you know? Well, okay, my first concern is since this series is a documentary, isn't Tallman worried that people are going to find out about his secret identity? Not, not actually a documentary. Nickelodeon. Are you sure? Yeah, it's like a sitcom. You sure it's not a documentary? I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. I've seen the first two episodes. So Tom, there's a laugh track. So Tolman, which you, Tolman doesn't have superpowers. Not, not that he's going to reveal at this time. Huh. Okay, I'm gonna have to watch it again because I, I, I saw it a completely different way. No, but, you know, it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, when, when I first heard about it, I don't know if I heard about it from you or on Facebook or what it was. You do read that thing and you go, oh, well, yeah, of course. Like, who's? Can you think of a better guy? Because you know what I mean. There's probably. You know, two other dozen guys might have been up for it or whatever that could give a crap about this stuff. But, yeah. you know, Tallman's one of those guys. He's like us. He, he digs all this stuff. So it's like, oh, that's an awesome fit, you know? Yeah. He, it's funny because he's told me a few stories about, like, when he was going through the audition process. And, yeah. You know, he was they were he was doing some on-camera test stuff, and he was going to fly. And he goes, well, do you want it more like this with the two hands up, kind of the – you know, the, the regular Superman or like Christopher Reeve behind the back or just the one hand. And the the producers and stuff go, 
wow, you, you've thought a lot about this. He goes, <laughs> I've thought about this my whole life. <laughs> like, every day of my life. Yeah. I've just been waiting so. for someone to ask me that question. Yeah. That's great. That's brilliant. So, the, you know, there's some fun things on the show. Like, you know, the, the two oldest kids are twins. Uh, and the girl, you know, is is uh, kind of a good guy, and the and the and the boy who wants to kind of stand out from the rest of the family is going a different route and trying to be a supervillain. So oh, that's so awesome. it's kind of that's fun. yeah, kind of a fun twist in there. Oh, yeah. what a fun idea! That's that's great. yeah. You know, back to superheroes, and one other thing I want to say because I think that was it. Last episode we mentioned Man of Steel for the umpteenth time. I'm sure it was. Yes. You know what else was missing from there? Tell me. Because you just mentioned Christopher Reeve, and you know Chris, Chris Reeve, and I'm going to say this again because that damn X-Men, that new X-Men trailer, between the Captain America 2 trailer and that X-Men Days of Future, but we are living in the golden age of stuff. Like I, I get halfway through those trailers and I go, I can't believe this is happening, that we're about yeah. to see. However it's going to turn out, this is actually happening. And I'm reminded always, again and again, because after that trailer, I popped in the first X-Men. And I was mm-hmm. going to do you know, X-Men 1 and 2 in the same day and just you know, get my, my fix. Now, I know you don't love the first X-Men. You didn't hate it, but you don't, you don't love it, right? That is correct. Okay. Regardless of what you think, I think you have to look at it and go, what a remarkable thing that was that Hugh Jackman showed up out of nowhere and pulled that character off. I know physically we can all talk about the physical uh, differences between the character or whatever, but... That's a tough thing to do, to do the tough guy thing and an iconic character. And he just – there's that moment in the bar where he, he goes after the one guy and turns around and swipes the guy's rifle half. And he's got that stance. Like the, fir- the front hand is out and the, and the left hand is backwards on the other guy. And then he looks at Anna Paquin. And he just – to me, in that instance, he's Wolverine. Like that's all it well, took for me and I bought that he was this guy. And diminishing returns here and there on different projects, yes, but I, I always think he does a great job. And Christopher Reeve, you know, we sometimes take for granted just how amazing he was in that movie. And he was only 24, by the way, yeah. which is remarkable when you watch that. You go, he was what? I don't know what I was doing at 24. He was 24 years old. But one of the things that he did so well, and yes, it's a bit over the top and, and cartoony, but you got to see a great contrast between – Clark Kent and Superman, you know, because you, you realize, you know, Clark Kent is the, is the disguise he's wearing, literally. Right. Yeah. And he's doing the thing. And you got to see these wonderful aspects of what Christopher Reeve could do with this part. You know, you, Henry Cavill never got to do that in the whole movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? You never got to see him as the uncomfortable, goofy guy trying to, you know, take attention away from who he really is. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge disservice, I think, to the to the character and to him because I think he's a good actor. So, anyway, I just thought of that the other day, and I thought I'd mention, put one more nail in that coffin, that Man of Steel coffin. <laughs> Perfect. <clears throat> so, uh, so very cool. So, Thunderman's is on right now. Two episodes have aired. You said. Yes, correct. Yeah, the the next one will uh, well by the time people hear this, three episodes will have aired. And wasn't it uh, sort of recently some good news where it got, did it get picked up for more episodes or it got picked up? For it's, yeah, it's, it's getting a full season. Full yeah. season. Full season. Yeah. Hot damn! Well, good for you, Tallman. Good for the Thundermans. I hope it's the number one show on Nickelodeon and uh, and it leads to m- many, many more, more things because he deserves it. He's a good guy. Totally agree. Uh, so so amen to that. So okay, well I'm going to go into this little thing here. 
<laughs> and this could be a, like a four or five minute story, so I apologize. But um, this is what I'm excited about. <laughs> and I, can't, I, I just have to preface it because you've been sort of hinting about this all over. Yeah. Since you've been back, and I can't imagine what the story is. Well, it's just you know, it, it's there are those times in life, you know, in in the in I think in everybody's life, but for me personally, the the paths that I've chosen, you know, there's no textbook that tells you how to, you know, come out to L.A. from the Midwest and you know get in get back into acting, you know, voiceover or you know production work or you know you really are just throwing darts on a wall, just hoping that something's yes. gonna. And, you know, <clears throat> the toy company, the, the you know, the voice. I, so I've always, I've never been this guy about, you know, like, like I say, tarot cards or religion or destiny or any of that stuff. But, you know, I used to have this quote that I kept on my refrigerator for years, first few years I moved out to L.A. And it's a, it's a Harrison Ford quote from some interview that he did recently before I had moved. And it's, I'm not saying that Harrison Ford is, you know, Buddha. But it was a great quote, and I kept it on the fridge. I blew it up, kept it on the fridge, and it was. And I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, "I have had discernible amounts of luck in my career from time to time." He said, "Bags of luck." He says, "You can be better looking than me. You can be funnier, much more talented, and it won't make a difference. Being in the right place at the right time and doing the right thing, you know, from that." And we can all relate to this. And then the, be the best part of the quote is he says, the difference between me and the next guy, if you're going to say that, is that I persisted while others gave up. Yep. And that – you can apply that to just about anything. It's like whatever gets thrown your way and – I'm, and I'm not talking – you know, I've never heard those horrible words like you know, leukemia about myself or cancer or whatever. So I, you know, I, I always kind of say as long as it's not – I don't you know, lose a – you know, my legs or whatever, I'll deal, who knows? But other than all the other crap, we deal with it and we go, well, let's make some lemonade or whatever. So this trip to New York was filled with these bizarre moments. To give you an example, you and I have been talking about Prometheus, right? Yep. And in the last episode, I was talking about how, I don't know what it is about this damn movie, but every time it comes on, I can't look away. Like, like it's, it's still a hot mess, but I want it to be good so badly. And then sometimes we just do mystery science theater thing where it comes on and we just we're, – we're, we're joking about the thing. So we're at, we're in the, at the Trump Soho in, 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 in New York, and uh, my wife had been doing some NBC stuff throughout the day, and we're coming back. And the plan is to go to this place called The Dutch which is in the village, and it's supposed to be one of the best hamburgers in all of Manhattan. We're going to go for a big, juicy burger. She's kind of tired when she comes back. She says, let's just go down to the, the restaurant, the sushi place downstairs, and have dinner. Oh, okay, great. We'll go to Koi. That sounds great. I love sushi. And as we're getting ready, we're flipping around the TV, and what comes on? Prometheus. Yes. It doesn't matter what moment in the movie. You just Sometimes we just, oh, there, he's pulling out the jar. Oh, he's doing the thing with the drink or whatever. We go down to the restaurant, we get to the table, we order food. Five minutes later, the girl with the dragon tattoo, the lead from Prometheus, new me. Yes. Comes walking in the restaurant. Okay. Sits down like two tables away. And I turned, I'm like, that's, that's the girl from Prometheus. We just were watching it upset. That's her. You know, and it just, and you know, big kick out of that funny, funny, funny. Then, you know, the next day, I go walk around the village to where I used to live. I used to live in, in Soho uh, uh -huh. 10, 12 years ago. The door where I used to live, if you come out the door and took a left, the next doorway you enter 
is the Dutch, the burger place we were going to go to that night for dinner. Oh, wow. Just, and, and it was just, I can give you eight more examples of these strange things that kept happening on this trip. So Wednesday night, we're going to a place called the Norwood. And we're members of a, a, a members club in London called the Groucho Club. And if you're, if you're a member of the Groucho, there are certain clubs in New York that you can visit, you know, like sister clubs. So she and I go to the Norwood. And as we get out of the cab, I check the back of the cab. Always, you know, did we leave anything? Are we good? We're good. She, she had taken out her wallet and paid and put the thing in the purse and we walked to the thing and we go in and we meet our friend Stacia. We're having a wonderful time. I want to add this because I, you know, my drinking days are almost over, but the, the night that I would go out and have four drinks in one night, that's long gone. But that's the kind of night I'm having. I'm having a wonderful time. And as we walk in the door, you'll, you'll love this. As we come into this place that I've never been to before, uh, a, a song by the Kinks is just finishing. And the next tune is a song called Queen Bitch by David Bowie. Now, you'll know this because it's the, it's the last song played in The Life Aquatic. Yep. So you know that great thing when, when Murray leaves the festival and it's like, and they're walking out? Yep. And it's, on, it's off a of Hunky Dory. I think it's the last track on Hunky Dory. But it's, I've always loved it because it's the kind of tune that like – it's kind of the precursor to, to the glam sound that, that happened like a year later. Yeah. It, but, it, but the weird thing is it, it's not a Bowie tune you hear out. You know what I mean? There's like 12. That, that's very true. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's like 12 yep. other Bowie tunes you'd hear before you'd hear that. Yeah. So naturally, my thing has always been when I go to a bar wherever, load the jukebox up for you know 10 bucks. And I've got a soundtrack going the rest of the night. I'll keep drinking and I'll have a great time. So this, this guy, this DJ bartender, is just playing – Tune after tune that I'm loving, all these mods, who small faces, the Kinks, the Who, the Beatles, you name it. And I'm just having a wonderful time, having a great time. And at about 10 o'clock, I think, we decided to go out to the uh, back patio to check it out. It's beautiful out there. Around 11 o'clock, my wife reaches into her purse, and her wallet's gone. Oh. <clears throat> now, again, cosmic stuff, it's not a tragedy. It's not like somebody got shot, but, you know, it's a drag. Because it's like we had a lot of, you know, not I'm saying a lot, but we had a good amount of cash because we had gotten money out to go on the trip and, you know, credit cards and all the usual blah, blah that you got. But, but uh, you need a driver's license to get on a plane to get back home. I mean, it's losing your wallet when you're traveling is the worst. It's a, it's a drag. And she's got yeah. And there's some personal stuff in there, too. You know, like pictures of us that, that, are, that are one of a kind. You know, picture, a picture of me as a kid that's a one of a kind. You know, just little things. That she's more depressed about that than anything. But I go yeah. into, like, control mode, and I'm, look, I'm checking the whole place out. I'm looking under couches. I'm looking at chairs. I go outside. I go down the block. I check the street. I'm in a whole block down from where we got dropped off by the cab. I check everywhere outside. Nothing. Check the club. Nothing. I haven't checked the security footage. And the manager's like, oh, Jay, sir, we, there, nothing like that would ever happen here. Everyone's accounted for. I said, I understand. But just humor me if you would. And then when he came back, he goes, well, the, the thing is, where you guys are sitting is a blind spot. So if someone did get up, walk over to the purse, take the wallet out, <laughs> you know, we don't have it on foot. And so that's when you kind of go, really? This is weird. Yeah. You, know, you know, Sherlock Holmes said, if you eliminate all the possibilities, whatever's left, however improbable, might be the truth. So I start making right. jokes about it. You know, I'm talking to the manager. I said, well, have you talked to the, the woman in the, in the blue top over there? She's giving me the stink eye. 
you know, and he's like, are you serious? Are you serious? I'm like, yeah, you need to talk to her. You should, talk, you should have some words. So they start buying us drinks and we're having a great time and we just chalk it up to, you know, it, it happens, you know, it, it could be worse. And yeah. we, we get our friend in a cab, we go back to the hotel and the next morning we wake up feeling, you know, not so fresh. I'm not going to lie. A little, <laughs> little hungover. And we, and she checked, my wife checks her work phone and there's two missed calls at 1.30 in the morning from a 917. And I said, who would have your, that's your work phone. Why would anybody have your work? She said, my business cards are in the wallet. And by the way, the, oh. the, 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 the billfold, the wallet that she got, she literally had for three days. She'd been pining over this thing for six months. Should I, shouldn't I get it? And uh, we call the number no luck, and about a half hour later, the phone rings. And I won't, I won't give you the whole thing, but it's clearly a, 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 a man of Asian descent. You know, Asian, he's, he's English isn't his first language. Yep. He found her wallet the night before in the street. Wow. And he's calling us to return it. And I'm just looking at him. She's on, he's on speaker and I'm letting her do the talking. And I'm looking at her like, are you kidding me? And he, we said, well, you know, we got to get out of town. We got we to leave. Like, like we're supposed to be at the, at the car rental place to get to Scarsdale where my, my brother and sister-in-law and niece live. We're supposed to be there by noon. We got we to get moving. But, you know, we could have stayed all day, but it's like we got to check out of the hotel. We got to get our stuff. We got to get our things together. Can we meet this guy? What's his schedule? He lives in Harlem. Okay, we'll come to you. No, 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 no. I don't want you. No, no, you don't have to. No, he didn't want us to come to Harlem. He says, I'll come and meet you guys in the city where I found the wallet. And I'm going, this doesn't happen. I mean, are you kidding me? He's really going to do this? So we get our stuff together. We, we, we have him hold our, our baggage. We get in a cab. We go back to where we were uh, for, a, for an 1130 meet. And I'm standing on the corner and I'm just looking around, uh, you know, the four corners. Where is he going to come from? And I see this kid come across the street, and he's just, you know, I, I'm not saying he was wearing rags. It's not like that, but, but, um, you know, he he he, <laughs> he could have kept the money, you know. Uh, yeah. But we had stopped at an ATM to get him some 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 money as a thank you. I know that's not why people do these things. It's not about that. We just wanted to give this guy something, and he shows up, and he's got her business card taped to the outside of, of the wallet. He couldn't be sweeter, and he's bowing, and he's saying, I'm so sorry this happened to you. How did you lose it? I'm so sorry. And we're saying, thank you so much, and we're giving him the envelope, and he won't take the envelope. And I'm saying, please, please, please. His name is Kitaro. Kitaro in English means blessed, blessed, blessed. And they say that people with this name are sort of destined to do good things, or they're sort of obligated to do the right thing. And this wallet had everything in it. I mean, every, yeah. it, things had been moved around, you know, as if he was looking for it, but everything was in this wallet. And we gave him this envelope. He wouldn't take it. He finally, I insisted that he take it. He took it. We get in the cab to go back to the hotel, and I'm kind of choked up. Like, I literally am kind of like, I can't believe this, this you know, angel of a guy, you know, did this. And it, it just, again, it's, it's, it's not life or death, but it saves you a huge amount of headaches and and everything else. And the night before at the, at the club, I kept talking about these weird – I was having these conversations about destiny and like, you know, if only George Lucas had done it or if this person had met so-and-so and, you know, Tom Selleck could have been, you know, whatever I'm doing. And I'm talking about the story about the, you know, Paul and John maybe writing together again. John Lennon was separated from Yoko. He was supposed to go to New Orleans to write with Paul McCartney. 
in 1974-75 for the Venus and Mars record that Wings did. It was all set. It was going to happen the next week. And he's with May Pang, his then-girlfriend. He gets a phone call from Yoko. Come over to the Dakota. I've got a cure for smoking. May Pang says, don't go over there. Come on. He says, no, I'm just going to go over, get the cure for smoking, and I'll be done. She says he came back three hours later and was a completely different person. They're not going to get the house you know, upstate. I'm not going to go to New Orleans to write with Paul. Da, 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 da. And, and the rest is history. We know how, how history went. But I, I'm yeah. just telling this story at the club. But what if? What if he hadn't gone to the Dakota that night? Would he have ever gotten back together? You're telling me that they wouldn't have written together again? You know, I'm running all these scenarios. I'm, I'm waxing nostalgic and I'm drinking and I'm having a great time. So we do the thing with Katara. We get the wallet. We go back to the hotel. We're going to head to the rental car place. <laughs> we're an hour late to the rental car place. We get the rental car loaded up. We're heading out of the city to go to Scarsdale. And as we're driving up the street, John Lennon's son, Sean Lennon, rides by the car on a bicycle. Wow. Now, again, to 100 other people, they don't care. But I went <laughs> and I yelled to my wife, that's Sean Lennon. That's Sean. I could have lived here for 10 years and never seen the guy. You know? yeah. and, and there he is. And he just was, he was wearing a long coat and a scarf uh, and, and, a, and a, a kind of a pork pie hat. And, you know, I don't know how the last time you saw Sean Lennon, but, like, if you, if you took John Lennon's face and stuck it on Sean's body, it's him. It's just as close as you'll ever get to John Lennon. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, had all this stuff not happened, I never would have had that experience, you know. And things kept happening that way on the trip. You know, we were going to come back on Friday the LAX uh-huh. madness that happened at LAX. Yeah, yeah. Not taking anything away from that, but like we, we came back Saturday instead. We did before we even knew that was going to happen. So long story short, we get back to LA and we've been talking about getting another dog for a long time. How, when, why, where? And Saturday night we got another dog. What? So we have two dogs. Like another tiny one? He is a we 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 we're driving out to my my wife's parents to pick up Henry, and she wants to go to this sandwich place that she's known since she was a kid. I call in the order. We're going to pick it up, and as we pull into the parking lot, now nobody judge me on this because hear me out. We have tried the rescue thing. We have tried the adoption thing. We have looked into the you know it it can all be sticky, and sometimes it doesn't work out the way you hope it would. And as we pull into this parking lot, she looks to her left and goes, "Oh my gosh." There's that pet store. It's been there since I was a kid. Let's go in. And I said, you don't want to – we're not going in there. You don't want to – it's like a – it's going to be like a demilitarized you – don't, you, you don't want to see little puppies in a pet store. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, you don't want to see it in a mall. You don't want to see it in a place like this. We walk in the door. The owners are Japanese, <laughs> just like Kitato. And I look to yeah. the left, and I see this little freak of a dog. That's got the body of an otter, back legs. His back legs are like a duck. He walks like a duck. Face of an old man. He's long and white. And he's. A, a, I said, "What is that thing?" And he's on his hind legs with his paws up on the glass, licking the glass, looking at me. And we take him out to play with him, and it turns out he's a, a, a Shih Tzu Chihuahua mix of some kind. A Chihuahua. A Chihuahua. I call him a Chihuahua. A Chihuahua. A chihuahua. And as as he and I are just kind of play, he's playing fetch, he's three months and he's 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 going to get the toy and bringing it back. And like the third or fourth time I throw it, I'm distracted by something. I kid you not, 
I feel this tug on my sleeve. I look down, and he's tugging my shirt sleeve going, could you pick up the toy and throw it again? Because that's what I'm doing. Could you throw it again? And I thought, that can't be. And I threw it, and he did it again. And that's really smart for a dog at yep. oh. to, to, to know to three months. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yep. it took Henry eight months to know to bring something back to me. So I thought, this is a good sign. So anyway, I'll tell you more about him later. But he's here now. He's curled up in a little ball on this bed, and he's called Bowie. We named him Bowie after David Bowie. Okay. So that's, that's the new addition to my life that I'm excited about is that adventure, which led to little Bowie because Queen Bitch was playing at the club when we walked in that night. And uh, it all kind of works out. And I also like to dedicate the show to a, a Japanese guy called Kitaro <laughs> that saved us a huge nightmare. And thank you very much. And, uh, and there were other things that happened too that were just weird, really strange just strange sort of, you know, that most people just kind of go big deal. But I, I love to look at those things and go, well, what does that mean? Is that a good thing, a weird thing, a bad thing? Um, and that, that's kind of how it was. I mean, it just was, I mean, there could have been a dozen other people that would have picked that wallet up that would have taken the cash out of it and tossed it probably. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we happened to get this, this guy at the, just the right time. Um, so it was pretty interesting. And that was, that was, that was, I haven't stopped thinking about it since. So uh, I wanted to share that. He, he's, he's our non-listener of the week. He's our non-listener of the week. We're going to dedicate it to a non-listener. Uh, and and the, the punchline is when we left the hotel, you know, I took two empty envelopes from the Trump. Uh, one to like put some receipts in and one to put the cash in that we got for him to give to him. Yep. <laughs> and we got to Scarsdale and we parked the car and we were a little hungover and I, I got some grease now. So we hit this little diner to get some food, and as we're going to pay, my wife goes into her purse and pulls out the envelope. She goes, oh, shit. Oh, no. I said, what? She goes, I think I gave him the wrong envelope. <laughs> and just for a second, I went, come on. Are you kidding me? And she opened it real quick, and it was the wrong, it was the, we gave him the right envelope. <laughs> I thought, wouldn't that be a punchline if, like, the guy's walking down the street going, oh, that was nice. Oh, and they gave me a nice little, and he opened the envelope, and it's, like, receipts. That's the last time I do something nice. What a couple of assholes. <laughs> and I'm going, no, take this. Take this. Really, we want It'll you to help have you on your taxes. <laughs> to submit we, want, our meal. we want you to have this piece of stationery. It's beautiful. Okay, thank you. Bye. So anyway, it was it was really moving. It was really something. And uh huh. it really kind of made the, the trip. There were some ups and downs in the trip. For sure, LAX, of course, that horrible tragedy at LAX, and just the weirdness of all that, and yeah. coming back to it. But it was it was a good trip all in all, and it's great to be back. And uh, you know, with a new little addition to the the family, I'll I'll, t I'll text you a picture of him when we're done here. Okay. So uh, yeah, so that was my that's my part of my New York adventure, and that's that's what I'm excited about. That's a lot. That's a lot, isn't it? That is, and, that, and that's the condensed version. Yeah. Now I'll do it in French. What? Wait a second. <laughs> Bonjour. Uh, what else is going on? There's lots of stuff going on. Man, there's a lot of stuff going can we get, on. So I think, you know, can we get to this X-Men trailer right away before okay. it explode? Do it. Were you as excited as, as me when you saw this thing? It's, it's very cool. And, you know, it builds a lot of uh, anticipation, and never once do you see a Sentinel even. Well, that was Alex Ross, our buddy Alex. That's his first thing he said. I'm like... Come on. He said, well, how come we don't see the Sentinel? I'm like, well, I'm guessing we will eventually. 
Yeah, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying no, that, you know, yeah, exactly. that it's an interesting choice. Exactly. Now, you're a big trailer guy. You know trailers and you know music and stuff. What is that music in the trailer, the, the climactic music? I'll have to watch that again. I don't I think watched I... watched it twice, and I'm hearing these horns. And I'm like, is that Inception? Is it? Is it Batman? Like, it's something that I recognize, but I cannot figure out what it is. I thought you'd know right away that it was from some other comic book movie or something. I don't think I filed that one away, but I'll watch it again. I'll see what I come up with. I just I got so excited. Like I said, I, I had to put uh, the X Men movies in again because I just thought, oh, this is actually this is really happening. Yeah. You know, everybody looks amazing in it, and it's it's you know it's almost a little emotional. Well, yeah, you start seeing like Bishop and some of those guys yeah. that we've never seen before. It's like, wait a second. Yeah, and 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 uh, Iceman. Yep. You know, with the beard, and you, I'm going because every shot you see of him, I think you see him with older Magneto. Right. Um. So I'm going. Is he? Is he just? Are they hanging out? You know. Is he? Has he turned? You know, are they dating? I know. Are they dating? Has he turned and they're dating? It could be anything. It could be anything. We don't know. We don't know. But I'll be there. I'll be there when it opens. So, so there's that. And then, of course, you had the distinction of breaking this piece of news to the internet. Uh, I'm sure you've been inundated with messages since. The Star Wars release date for Episode Seven has moved. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of rumors about that. How did you that, get that? That was going to happen for anybody. Uh, I just I was looking at my email box when the press release came in from Lucas, and so I was like, "Well, I'll just put this up real quick." So what? Is and I, I actually posted it on AFI before like Variety put it out and all that. So. What do you think about that? Like, what do you what does that what does that say to you immediately? Well, I mean, you know, we talked about it in the last episode that they they canned the main writer and are kind of starting over uh, with just Lawrence Kasdan and and J.J. Abrams, so. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's slightly disappointing that uh, you know it's not going to be a May release like all the others. But I, you know, I'm of the mind I would rather them do it right and get a good movie. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's, it's I thought the exact same thing. Like, oh, there goes the May thing. But but maybe this sets up another tradition for December every three years or two years or whatever it's going to be. Um, I mean, it's certainly that that release date certainly didn't hurt Avatar or The Hobbit or anything like that. So. No. And I'll tell you something. There's a not that I go to this site every day, but ain't it cool news? There's a guy on there. I think he's called Nordling. Does that ring a bell? Oh yeah, you know the aliases they all use and stuff. Yep. And he's yep. called Nordling, and he he wrote this uh, sort of editorial saying what this might mean and why it it could be the best thing to happen to Star Wars and you know patience everybody. And he's he's it's a really interesting article because you know he's he's very careful about praising what he likes about Abrams, criticizing what he doesn't. I mean, he is fanatical about the 2009 Star Trek and how wonderful it is, you know, and the writing and the characters and Abrams and all that stuff. But he's incredibly critical of Into Darkness. And he gives some really great, concise reasons. A lot of the stuff that you and I have discussed, but much more eloquent than I could have put it, about why Wrath of Khan is so great and, and, you know, why it holds the weight that it does and what a mistake it was to go this way or this way. And then he kind of wraps it up by saying, well, here's why I think it's a really good thing. You know, whatever went on with Arndt or whatever, but like, it's hard to argue because it seems like, and I, maybe you know this better than me, it seems like there's a, a batch of people on the internet that are sort of going, 
Lawrence Kasdan, really? Has anyone seen Dreamcatcher? And they're pissing all over his cornflakes because of Dreamcatcher. And you just go, really? There are actually people out there that are being critical of Kasdan because of – that's like saying, you know, oh, the guy that made Mumford? Come on. And forgetting that he did all this other great stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like – so his attitude was like, if you only know Kasdan from – you know, two or three, those, those two or three amazing things that he did, you know, Empire and Raiders uh, being, he was comparing Khan and the perfection of Khan and Nicholas Meyer and that script to what Kasdan did. He, he said, he said something that was, I thought was kind of brilliant. He said, other than Lucas, who, you know, sort of this was spawned from, if you want to say it, he says, there's never been a writer that's come close to understanding the characters the way Kasdan did. Totally. Right? You know what I mean? And, and you know, I've talked about the things he wanted to do with Jedi and, you know, um, there's other stuff that he's done, too, that's, that, that's very good. But um, that, that, I think, sums it up. So that is a really good sign to me. Whatever happened with Arndt, I don't know. Because the, the last I heard about Kasdan was he was going to be doing a spinoff script, I thought. He was going to be doing, yeah, the, the, they talked about those sort of character focus ones. Right. right. It'd be like the Yoda movie, the Boba Fett movie. Yeah. He was going to do that one. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I still, so, I'm all for it. And, right. and, you know, we're early enough in the process where it's not, you know, it's not going to be like GI Joe where it messed up all the toys. You know, we're not, we're not that far down the line where all the licensors, you know, are going to be in huge trouble. So, which I think, I mean, people are complaining about the lack of information that's been coming out. They're complaining about, how cryptic it is, and what? If, and, and my thing is, well, this this could be a great example of the studio or the executive, whoever, wearing it close to the vest and going, you know, things could change it. Let's not cross that line and and make that commitment in those categories until we absolutely know what's going on. And I'd rather have that than a bunch of false starts and you know uh, bad press releases and stuff. And obviously, the internet's never going to stop with the with the rumors, the, the 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 most sort of solid that I've heard. Did you have you heard? Um, I keep hearing the name, and I'm not. Am I even going to say it? Because I don't know how to pronounce it, and I'll butcher it. But the young woman who is in. Did you ever see Hannah, the movie about the young girl who's a killer? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You know the woman I'm talking about. She was in the Lovely Bones, and uh, yeah, uh huh. I can't think of how to say her name, but yeah, uh, I, I, I keep hearing her name or seeing her name mentioned in conjunction or in meetings about episode seven that somehow she's, oh, okay. uh, I've heard, you know, I think as you've heard, Cumberbatch gets thrown around a lot. Uh, yeah. I heard Ryan Gosling, which by the way, I have to say something. It, there was an HBO, a documentary on HBO, a movie on HBO called, um, seduced and abandoned. Have you happened to see it yet? No, uh-uh. it's, it's, uh, Al Baldwin and writer director, James Toback going to the Cannes Film Festival, trying to drum up interest about a project they've got going that basically is kind of a sort of Iraqi war updating of Last Tango in Paris. The whole thing is, the premise is so absurd that you have to look at it and go, they're clearly messing with us here. But but they're not telling the investors that. So when they have these meetings, so you really get to watch this process of the Cannes Film Festival, which Baldwin had never been to. And uh, they talked to... Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola, Bernardo Bertolucci, James Kahn, all kinds of people that go there, have been there, are legends, whatever, about the process of making a film, how different it is 40 years later than it used to be, and 
Meanwhile, they're going to meet with these weird investors, you know, that are saying, "Oh, okay, interesting. Can you can you possibly shoot in China, and Russia, and Hong Kong, and then get a character from each of those those places to be in the film as well? Because then you could get some money for this. I mean, it's it's really interesting. They're, I think they're kind of making a point, and it's not a real project. But at one point, they sit down and talk to Ryan Gosling, and just like Ben Affleck. When I saw him, the first couple of times I saw him on Real Time with Bill Maher, and you know when Clooney can you know talk about certain things. But the times I saw the first couple of times I saw Ben Affleck on Real Time, I was so impressed with him. He is a really smart guy, and yeah. you know it's one thing to open your mouth and start you know talking about something, but to really back it up because you know what you're talking about, whether you're right or wrong, or I agree with you or not. That's you know conviction and smarts, and and Affleck is a really smart guy. Uh, I think if you see this thing, you will have a new appreciation for Ryan Gosling. The way he I, I, I like Ryan Gosling. Oh, you do? Okay. He, oh, I do, yeah. He, uh, he's really smart, and the way he analyzes the process of making a film based on his career and what he's done and his age or whatever, he was incredibly funny, but really bright, too, the way he, he talked about it. And, and, Baldwin's hilarious in it, too. But um, I remember I watched it a few years ago, and I thought, I wouldn't mind him being in the new Star Wars thing. I, it could be worse people to to put in there. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind a Ryan Gosling Jedi person. Yeah, I think you you know, like Lars and the Real Girl I've talked about is he's, a fantastic film. He's wonderful in that movie. Yeah. He see to me he that's a good movie and he makes it great. Uh, totally. You know? Because yes. you have to buy the premise and how absurd the whole thing is. And he's he's wonderful in it. Yeah. Um, so, so that, that could be cool. Uh, but I got to ask you about something. I saw it on your list, and I, I'm dying to talk to you about this. Okay. You said you rewatched Ghostbusters for the first time in a long while. Yeah. So you know, it was uh, you know, Halloween was this past month. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I really, I can't remember the last time I saw it. And uh, I started watching it because it was on like Comedy Central, and you know, it was broken up by commercials. And I was like, ah, forget that. So I jumped on. Uh, Netflix and just so I could watch the unedited version. Nice. And, you know, I wish I had written them down, but I, I could not believe the amount of phrases that I've stolen from that movie that I've been saying for, you know, 25 years. Really? <laughs> and just the, re- not the ones everyone thinks of. Give, but, yeah. give me some, give me some. Well, you know, like the, the one that stood out most is I will say, yes, have some. <laughs> You know, the Rick Moranis thing. <laughs> coffee, yes, have some. Yes, have some. You know, I, I still do that. Moranis, uh, Moranis does that rant, and he's like, then, in the time of the blah, blah triplicates, came in the form of the, the Valdroni. Many Suggs and Zools knew what it was to be devoured in the depths of the slore that day, I can tell you. When he does that yeah. whole rant about the slore and the two, came in the form of a giant Torg, and he does all that stuff. I can see that a thousand times and never stop pissing myself laughing. I it, it, think it's yeah. hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. So, so I think wasn't wasn't that role supposed to be John Candy originally? It was. In fact, there are storyboards that exist. This this is the, this is the legend that I've always heard. There, for, I've seen the storyboards, and the storyboards it's definitely Candy. And there's a whole section of storyboards where he throws the coat in the room with the big devil dog, and it's yeah. definitely John Candy in there. If you watch, I think I could be right about this. If you watch Ghostbusters, late whatever last batch of DVDs that came out, they do the Mystery Science Theater thing, and you have Ivan Reitman and Harold Ramis, I believe, in the corner of the screen. You can watch it that way. 
oh, okay. and have them comment on the movie. And their thing, when, when Miranda shows up, they go, well, yeah, it was going to be Candy, but Candy, this is the legend, they said. He just couldn't be convinced of it. He insisted he wanted the character to have a couple of Dobermans in his, okay. in his apartment. And they were kind of like, well, why? I, I just – I think it would be great for this guy. I think he should – you know. and they were kind of like, well, see, the thing is, John, like the next thing that happens is that devil dog thing shows up at the at your place, you know, and it just, it just seemed like it was too many dogs walking around or something. I don't know what. And he sort of – and Candy, I've always heard, was kind of – he was wonderful, and he was supposed to be a wonderful guy and a really sweet guy, but a procrastinator like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Like all the SCTV guys talk about it where he just was always late for script meetings, never handed his writing in on time. Just, but you couldn't stay mad at the guy because you loved him so much and he was so funny. And right, right. something happened along there where he either couldn't get his brain around this guy not having a couple of Dobermans or he lost interest or I don't know what. But it was supposed to be candy. And then legend has it from Aykroyd that you know, he had the idea a long time before this and Belushi was going to be a Ghostbuster. That was right. Yeah. going to be in the team. And, you know, two years earlier, of course, he, he died. So they based Slimer around Belushi. Oh, that's funny. That he, he, he's like making he – like John was a voracious eater and he was chubby and everything. And, they, and that's his sort of, you know, tribute to John Belushi was, was Slimer. Huh. Yeah, I, I, that, that movie is just – I mean it's one of those movies that I think we know backwards and forwards. And it's just – so give me some more lines though that you – so yes, have some. And what else that you just sort of I – w- I would have to go back through it. I just – it was just sort of in the moment. I was just like, oh gosh, I say that. I say that, you know, just like – but I can't remember off the top of my head. I've, I've had some sleep since then. I just, I just love that movie. It's, it's got to be one of my top ten. And you know what's, yeah. what's funny? Have you, when's the last time you saw Ghostbusters 2? Uh, you know, I don't know that I've seen that since the theater. You know, that, that's, a, that's a good, fresh perspective to have on it then, to put it in and watch it sometime. Because it's not a disaster. It's not, it's not awful. It, it, you know, second half, and especially the end, I mean, it's, it's nothing compared to the first one. But the first 30 minutes or so, there's some good stuff in there, and there's some good – there's that good chemistry between the guys, and Murray, of course, is always watchable and fun. Um, yeah. it's, it's worth revisiting again. It, 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 you, know, you could shut it off after 40 minutes, but there's some good stuff in there. It's- oh, I, I remember one other – a line, uh, and I think it's a Bill Murray line where it just says, bite your head off, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know why that stuck with me. That's when they come to the elevator. Someone will say something. Yeah. The guy sees them and says, what are you guys supposed to be, some kind of cosmonauts? And then I think, I think Murray – or Ackroyd's like, we're exterminators. And Murray's like, yeah, someone saw a cockroach up on t- – one cockroach. Yeah. Someone saw a cockroach up on, on that floor. Uh, that must be some cockroach. Bite your head off, man. Bite your head off. <laughs> There's, like, why do I say There's great stuff in that movie that's very subtle, you know, that are just kind of – they're not big jokes. They're just kind of – I always love – one of my favorite lines, and I – anytime I've ever met someone named Janine – it's only been a handful of people in my entire life. Yeah. But I was – Janine, sorry about the bug eyes thing. I'll be in my office. <laughs> You know when he sees her and he's like, we have any calls? I do, yep. And she's like, no. And he, goes, and he looks at her and he goes, type something, will you? We're paying for this stuff. Yeah. And he's like, quit looking at me. got the bug eyes. <laughs> Janine, sorry about the bug eyes thing. I'll be in my office. I love that stuff. It's brilliant. And the other guy who's so brilliant in it, 
Oh, now I'm going to forget his damn name. Atherton. William Atherton, who plays Peck. Yeah. Just imagine being that guy. That guy had a, a pretty serious career. He was in, looking for Mr. Goodbar. He was in oh, the yeah. Hindenburg. He was in uh, The Day of the Locusts. He was in all kinds of stuff. And he's got a five-minute part in the Ghostbusters, like the biggest comedy at that point ever made. It was huge. And he's like, every day the rest of my life, no matter where I go, that's what I get, you know. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. I'm, yeah. that, that, you know what I mean? It's like one, one movie for, for seven minutes, and the rest of the career is just no one, no one remembers it. You know, for that, he was so good in that part, you know? Yep. Oh, I'm glad you revisited it. That, that's, that's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Yeah. Love it. And we're going to get, I saw on AFI, I didn't know this was happening. I knew we were going to get the goggles. We're getting the sticks, too? Yeah, yeah. From Mattel? Yeah, the goggles are already out. The goggles are out? Yeah, they've come out, and they're, but they're going to have a, a small amount of them, I think, on their, whatever, Cyber Monday sale. What? This Monday? Yeah. This coming Monday? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think they've announced the date for Cyber Monday. Wait, you've got to give me – I've got to get those goggles. And then when does the stick come out? Stick will come out – well, it's, it goes on sale in December. I'm in because I got the trap, and yep. I've got I've got the PKE meter. I've got the trap, yep. so I've got I got to get these things. I got to have them. Yeah, yeah. You know, because we and people, if you if you buy if you buy two of the sticks, yeah, and you cross the streams, they'll make a different sound. Really? Yeah. No, I can't tell if you're messing with me or you're being serious. No, I'm I'm, I'm very serious. You're serious? Yeah. Really. You know, for the longest time, like, the first time I saw the movie, when he says that, I had no idea what he was talking about. About don't cross the streams? Well, he just says it. You know, they never, they never used the word stream before that. Right, yeah. I mean, like, he might say something like, Venkman, you know, you know, lower your stream. I don't want my face melted off or something. But, I mean, it's, it's you know, so when he says, oh, there's one thing I forgot, don't cross the streams. I, I, when I saw it that very first time when I was like 13 or whatever, I was like, what is he talking about? Like I thought it was some kind of I thought it was some kind of code, and then Murray's like, "Why?" And he never says, you know, when you when you fire these things up and the thing comes out, don't cross the streams of the weapons. He just says, "Don't cross the streams." It's like right. saying, you know, wet birds fly at night or whatever. And it yeah. uh, was very confusing. So every time I see that scene, I remember being that slightly confused kid. But I remember in the theater. Do you remember the theater? I mean, when when Murray says that crack about. Peck in the mayor's office. Yeah. It just seemed like people were laughing for five minutes. Oh, yeah. Like you couldn't hear anything else in that movie for five minutes. Yeah. It was such a big laugh. It was such it was the, it was the joke in the movie, the highlight of the of the movie. Um, I love that movie. I could talk. We could do a whole episode on Ghostbusters. I'm sure we could. Um, but you've been busy with other things, too. What else is going on? Well, let's uh, just to jump back to Star Wars real quick. There was that uh, that clip of bloopers that surfaced that. Most of those we had not seen. And you know what I find extraordinary about that? Tell do you know where that came from? Did you, do you know what the no. source was? No. Huh? So apparently, well, you know this guy, J.W. Rinsler, has written these three books now. They, each one is yeah. out on the anniversary, Star Wars, Empire, Jedi, Making of. He did a great yeah. uh, big making of for all the Indiana Jones. And, and these books are exhaustive. There's stuff in there that is just mind-blowing, the, the detail and the, and the stuff – um, but apparently, there is now a, a Kindle version of each book, and when you do the Kindle version, which is you know twelve or thirteen dollars compared to fifty dollars for the hardcover, you also get 
you know, audio and video supplemental stuff that Rinsler has put together. Right. So those bloopers, as far as I understand, those bloopers came from that Amazon Kindle version of the making of Star Wars book. Well, that's interesting. Wait, but it's interesting. You kind of go, well, why didn't if that's if that's what he's finding out there for a special version of this book, how come we don't get that on the DVD release or an official thing? Like, just imagine the buckets of stuff that is 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 is, is buried somewhere that we're, we've never seen. Yeah, I've certainly never seen. There's not a scrap of footage in that thing that I've ever seen before. Yeah, yeah. Right? Have you ever? I feel like, well, I feel like I've seen the stormtroopers all falling through the the door. I've never seen that. And sliding. I've, that was the one part that I had seen before. I'd never seen that. I've never – Guinness, you know, joking about Chewie and Peter Cushing break. That's brilliant stuff. That was great stuff. I've never, ever seen it. So there's got to be tons of that that stuff laying around. Did you see the, the, the piece of footage from, from Empire that, that or the Jedi footage that surfaced? Uh, I don't know if I saw that Okay, one. it's it's not that exciting. But some apparently it's up on the internet. I watched it the other day. It's silent. And it's R2 on Dagobah repairing the X-Wing. So hmm. it's, about, it's about four or five minutes of just a wide shot of R2 doing some repairs. And it came off – I might get this wrong. It came off of an internal laser disc that Lucasfilm put together in the late 80s, early 90s that was showing off. It was supposed to be supposed to put this in some home theater type system, and it really showed off the – what this thing could do or something. And they put this laser disc together and the guy that posted the footage that he paid like $700 for this thing. Oh my gosh. On eBay and then posted this footage, but it's, it's, it's a shot and a, and a bit of footage that didn't make it into the film. It's completely different than, than what ended up in the, in the film. So that's up there too. Like in, in the course of a week, all this cool underground footage from the original trilogy is kind of making its way out. Well, literally, as we've been recording this episode, a thing popped up for me that we talked about in a previous episode. It, it was uh, that costume that was made for Hugh Jackman that looks like the old Wolverine costume. Oh, is that back up? Well, the 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 scene is it's the same thing. It's coming from this multi-touch ebook from the upcoming Blu-ray release. So oh. it looks like it's posted right now on a Russian site. The clip, uh, but yeah, it's like a minute thirty seconds where. They're on the airplane where they're going to Japan, and she gives him the the costume and the plane. No kidding. Okay, I have to check that out. That's it. But it's going to be yeah, on the on the DVD. I don't know. It it says right now it's a new multi touch ebook for the upcoming Blu ray release. Has revealed the deleted scene. All right, I got to get on now. So speaking it's up. Of, uh, the, of, uh, the clip is up on IGN right now. So speaking of David Bowie, not to get back to Bowie, you know that they just re released the album that he did last year. Like it's, it's a it's a new it's like it's a new edition. It's an extra disc of like another twelve tracks, some remixes, a DVD. It's like all these albums that they come out like with a year they have a special edition that you have to go out and get just to get all these these tracks and stuff. But I just saw a poster and I had no idea. So now it's like it's a crazy. super deluxe version that you have to get. Um, so okay, Star Wars, and then there was something else that you you said that was really interesting. I thought. Well, the big news I think is the the Netflix Marvel deal is huge news. Okay, elaborate, please. So it was announced yesterday that Netflix is is going to do a series of four miniseries uh, based on Daredevil, 
uh, Jessica Jones, who was Alias. That was her comic. It was a Bendis comic. It was a Bendis. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Wow. So they're going to make miniseries based on those four characters, live action. No way. And then, and then it will dovetail into a fifth uh, series called The Defenders. Come on. Miniseries. I swear to you. Wait, so the, but the Defenders is going to then grab all those characters and make them the Defenders? Or we're talking about, you know... It's going to grab those and... characters and make them the new Defenders, okay. yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Can I say something else? Because one thing... Nope, that's that... the end of the episode. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> one thing we're good at on this show, I think, and we've gotten, you know, little pats on the, little pats on the back from our, our fans out there. Yeah. Uh, we're pretty good at going, you know, I hated this thing. I didn't like this thing. Uh, I don't eat spinach, whatever. And then, you know, a month later go, you know, I tried it again. And I still don't like it, but I like it a bit better or whatever. Um, I never trashed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I just didn't think it was impressive. And I, it was tough for me to get through an episode. I just thought it, it just didn't interest me. I didn't think the acting was very good. And so I, I had like four episodes piled up in the DVR. Yep. Watched a bit of this one, watched a bit of that one, 20 minutes in this one. And then the most recent one, I thought, I'll just watch the most recent one, and that will catch me up. And if, and if I'd like it, maybe I'll go back and watch the others. And I watched the most recent one. Did you see the most recent one? I haven't. I'm actually too behind. Well, I won't tell you about it, but it, I really enjoyed it. And, okay. And it, it, I thought it was much better than the other ones that I've seen. Uh, interesting. Little, you know, Easter eggs and tidbits with Coulson that you got to follow. Okay. Uh, and some, you know, some good action and interesting sort of scenarios for, you know, network television, Disney-esque kind of network television. And I thought it was, it was very good. So I may be converted. I may now have to watch it as it airs, you know, every week. Oh, okay. And give it a go. Because it it's, it's definitely, I think it's an improvement on what I initially saw. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh... Arrow is getting crazy good this season. Is it? I've never. Uh, I mean, last season like was very episode. good. Yeah. But, you know, this season, you know, they're bringing in Black Canary. They're talking about Ra's al Ghul. There's the whole League of Shadows thing. Yeah. I mean, they're just tying all this stuff in. It's just so juicy. It's just like, ah. Whenever I hear, League, awesome. of, whenever I hear League of Shadows now, this is all I can think of. Oh, it's a member of the League of Shadows. I'm sorry. What did you? What was the? You're gonna do what? There's this whole section in Dark Knight Rises, that fight between him and Batman. I swear to God, there's two other actors doing his doing doing Bane's voice or something. Yeah. yeah. Watch that scene again. His voice is all over the place. It's so inconsistent. At one point, it almost becomes kind of Russian or something. It's weird the accent, but all along it's. And then I will talk you up to dinner. <laughs> so when you say League of Shadows, I can't help but... I, I get shadows. you. I get you. Um, and this, so yeah, they're tying a bunch of stuff big, in. Big story this week, probably your top story. Shocked you didn't lead with this, what you're excited about. Yes. They're rebooting Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> That is the that is what I'm hearing. Murder she wrote and Charmed. How have you gone this long in the show? Going to refresh without giving us your Jessica impression. 
but it's going to be with one of the ladies from The Help as as the as the lead, Octavia. What's her name? Octavia uh, Jones. Spencer Jones. Is it Jones? Spencer Davis Group. I don't know what it is, but I'll tell you. Here's a murder she wrote. Funny. See, this is again the car. The, I don't. Who says murder she wrote? Whoever talks about murder she wrote ever. Here it Spilled is. Jessica Tan. Here it is in your show notes. I had to go to. Uh, Look, we're being honest with our fans. I might as well be honest. Uh, New York wasn't just about fun. I also was in a lot of pain in New York. Uh, through my, throughout my adult life, I've had four or five bouts of kidney stones, oh. which are not fun. Uh, Never fun. But, you know, when the pain comes, you, sometimes, because it's been a while or a year or two, whatever, you, you, don't, you don't recognize it. You, know, you kind of go, did I pull a muscle in my back? Is that what is going on? So... A couple of these trips, it turns out, you know, the air pressure from the airplane, you know, day two, whatever city I'm in, I'm in crippling pain and I couldn't figure it out. And then yeah. while I was in New York, the entire time in New York, something just wasn't quite right. To not give you any details, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, we're at home, we're having a lovely afternoon, we got the new puppy, getting amalgamated, having a great time, and I suddenly... I'm in such pain, and I said, will you excuse me for a second, honey? Went to the facilities, and my wife said, I screamed. She thought I was having a heart attack. I screamed. She heard me from almost upstairs. She's like, what is going on? And I passed a kidney stone the size of a pencil eraser. <laughs> and... I went to the urologist, the guy that I see like once a year, just to, just to kind of go, am I okay? Are things Okay. And I'm sitting in the lobby, and I was the youngest person in the lobby by about 60 years. And I texted my wife. I said, good Lord, it looks like an episode of Murder, She Wrote, in this lobby. I'm sitting here. <laughs> I'm the young I'm – the, I'm the Richard Hatch in 1983 uh, episode of Murder, She Wrote. Uh, so that, I was just talking about it yesterday, and here you are telling me how excited you are about it coming back. I didn't say I was excited. I'm just pointing it out well, that would you have, in the in the rehash world, you know, they've announced that's coming back. Uh, that you know, I think Ironside maybe have tanked already. Uh, they brought that back, and now the now the Adams family is getting like an animated feature. It's just like we're just and and they're remaking Pet Cemetery. Which is not a good film, by the way. <laughs> it's not a great film. The last time you sat through that thing. Oh, I saw it in the theater. And there's that Ramon song, I Don't Want to Be Buried in a Pet Cemetery. The best thing about the film is that Ramon song. It, that is a terrible movie. And um, Ironside, I think, may be going away. I'll tell you what I'm getting hooked on, and I said this before, The Blacklist. And again, I say this, it's a good show, but I think Spader makes it great. How much of you have you, have you seen? Have you seen any episodes of it yet? All of them, yep. Don't, does, am I wrong, or does he not? When he's on screen, you know exactly what you're going to get with James Spader. He is not doing anything groundbreaking. But the, it, between the character and the way he plays it, it's kind of hard to look away. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? He's fascinating. Yep. I think he elevates it to another another place. I think and he makes it a much better show. The premise itself is is kind of brilliant because you can go anywhere with this thing and and, and keep people – Keep the, the overall uh, mythology going as long as you want, who he is, where he came from, all that. If you just do a case study every week of whatever this next monster is that they're tracking down, it, you could have a lot of fun with it. It could really kind of go yeah. anywhere. Uh, however, I will say I want to start a punk band 
and I want to call it Lizzie's wig. Okay. <laughs> that wig that that poor woman has to wear on the show as the lead. <laughs> it, it's, it needs a credit of its own because it just, it keeps shifting. The colors change. Yeah. Um, you know, she makes uh, undiscovered country Shatner look natural. Well, yeah, there's a bit of that on Arrow, too. Anytime they do the flashback where he's trapped on the island and, you know, the the young Oliver Queen hair is spectacular. Oh, really? And and false, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so. I always notice it sometimes in, what was the movie that I saw recently? Where, they, where you, you see, what the hell was it? It was Luke Wilson, I think. It was some Luke Wilson. I couldn't tell you what this movie was. But from the previous scene to the one he was in, you just immediately went, this has to be a reshoot. This must, have been a, this must have been a pickup. He shaved his head, and they had to get this wig to look like he did you know, ten, five minutes ago. And it's completely different. He looks just ridiculous. And then the next scene, he's back to where he was. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of fascinated by that stuff, the continuity. But she's got a doozy in, that, in this show. That's oh, yeah, she does. And what's her name I like, too? The British woman who was in uh, Bend It Like Beckham and ER and other stuff. I can't think of her name. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was... She's cool. Yeah. She's in it. And she's fun. Uh, but Spader makes it. You know, the hat and the vests and all stuff. Um, what else you got for me? What else you been up to? So just real quick, talking about Arrow. What's that? Some celebrity sightings. These are cool. Well, I'll get to that in just a second. But, you know, uh, we talked about Arrow. I, I don't think we talked about... Uh, last episode that CW is also talking about doing a Gotham PD show. Did we talk about that? We didn't talk about it, but I did hear about this. And then just this week, just I think yesterday or day before, uh, Jeff Johns kind of let out of the bag, and it was on The Hollywood Reporter that they're developing an Hour Man uh, show on the CW oh. from the from the JSA characters, which could be pretty interesting. Okay, and. Uh, if you if you've listened to this episode already and you're looking for one other podcast to listen to uh, on your commute this week, uh, the new episode of Fat Man on Batman, the Kevin Smith podcast, he's got Paul Dini on. Oh, we love Paul. And we do love Paul Dini. And they start talking about right the day before Arkham Origins came out, uh, Warner Brothers Interactive put out this like 30 second spot. For it, that was the entire origin of Batman in like less than 30 seconds. That was just stunning and gut wrenching and had more emotional impact than any Batman film to date. And they start talking about that. And they, the episode was supposed to them kind of riffing on these different topics, but they get talking about that and they literally craft uh, sort of the, the Bruce Wayne Batman version of Smallville over the course of an hour. Uh, and like three seasons worth it, and you by the you're, you'll be screaming at your your radio, your listening device. I want to watch this by the end of it. Oh, that's it's cool. It's just these these two guys riffing and creating this, and they're just like and uh, Kevin Smith claims he's gonna you know go knock on Jeff John's door and make sure he listens to this. But I mean, it's really really dynamite. Oh, that's so, funny. Okay, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, I you said highly suggest Dini and and Smith. You just said something that made me think of something. That, that, that it was brewing or it was happening. Oh, you know what it was? It was an interview that I just read in, I think it was SFX magazine, the British magazine I love. And they talked to the guy that's a co-writer of the new Thor. Oh, yeah. I can't think of his name now, but he, if, it, if I'm getting this right, he also co-wrote Iron Man 3 with um, 
Shane Black. Yep. And he's responsible for a British series called No Heroics, which was a sitcom about superheroes. Which I remember that. It was okay. I didn't love it, but I, yeah. it was okay. But So they tapped him. So he's a Brit that's working on these things. And he, he starts talking about this next phase of the Marvel Universe. And have you seen this? Because I haven't seen this stuff yet. But do you know that there's like another cut of Iron Man 3 with this whole subplot with this Chinese surgeon? No. Well, apparently they, 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 there's another cut that was for the Chinese market. And, and in, this, in, in that cut... Because because they say to him like, well, don't you think it was kind of abrupt that all of a sudden Tony Stark at the end decides to take out the blah blah blah? And he's like, well, it would make more sense if you saw the the Chinese because they introduced the surgeon earlier on in the story and okay. how it's a possibility now, like it could happen. And you realize that the reason Tony doesn't do it is he's you see that's part of his post traumatic thing. He's he's hanging on to this. Like it's, oh, okay. you know, he, just like he's hanging on to the suit and, he, and, he's, and he's paranoid and, and doesn't want to let go of what saved his life and whatever. But he, but it's interesting because it, it would have made a bit of a difference because it does seem abrupt you know, at the end of that story that, uh, you know, that he suddenly is like, okay, pop it off. Let's get on with our lives. Uh, but he did make, he did make it pretty clear in this interview that it, it, he wasn't sure how they would bring the character back for standalone stories just yet. Mm-hmm. And that it very much was going to be, you know, Tony was going to be in the Avengers universe, maybe pop into some other stories now and then, but that may be all we're going to get for, for Iron Man. That, that could very well be it. Okay. You know, but it's, it's a pretty interesting interview and just the way he talks about, and a, a real cool interview with uh, Christopher Eccleston on ain't it cool news too, talking about the character in Thor. Uh, And how they came up with the look, and he was nervous about it because he thought, am I even in this thing? If you're not going to recognize me, what's the point? And then as they refined the makeup, you you saw those features, those Eccleston, that face, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're talking about just what a wonderful time he had on it, and he said it's by far the biggest thing he's ever worked on. Yeah, oh, yeah. Bigger than the G.I. Joe stuff. and and You're going to go see that this weekend? I was going to maybe see it this morning, and then... Stuff got away from me, but I, I think I think it's, it's I'm avoiding everything I can about it. But one little blurb I read basically said, "Marvel does it again," you know, continues okay. winning streak kind of thing. So uh, and it looks wonderful. I think it looks really good. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, but you know, nothing against Thor. I got nothing against the guy. I always liked him growing up. I'm not sure I ever gotten like Thor, you know, standalone books or anything, but. You know, that was probably the character I was least curious about in, in a standalone story. Didn't we talk right, about Right, sure. We did, yeah, yeah. We always kind of thought that, kind of like the Hulk, he may be best as supporting or additional. You know, like he'd be best in the group thing because you see him bounce off the other characters because he's so specific. But I think that first Thor was great. Yeah, I did too. I was so surprised by it. You know, and uh, it really, it holds up and... They did some very, very cool stuff. Uh, yeah. Also a great interview in the same magazine with, uh, what's his name, Tom? Tom Hiddleston? Is it That's Hiddleston. Loki? It's Loki. Yeah. Yeah. Have we talked about his insults in the Avengers? Uh, I don't know. Well, look. We, yeah. we t- Give me more of what you're talking about. We tend to keep the podcast pretty PG-13. I'm not going to go into territories here, but if you see the Avengers... There's a very specific insult that he gives to 
Scarlett Johansson. We did I remember that, yeah. I remember seeing that the first time I saw it, and my chin hit the floor because I was like, I know what that means. I cannot believe nobody caught that and was okay with it because it's not like if you look it up, if you Google it, you look up the definition. It's not like the definition down of that word. Yeah, it's it's prominent, and yeah. half this interview in the magazine talks about how in the world. Did that make it into the film? How did you – how did it happen? And he said the same thing. He said, I, I couldn't believe the script. When I was reading these lines, I thought this is never going to make it into the movie. There's just no – someone yeah. – even if it's someone – even if you get a room full of 20 people and no one knows what it is, someone's going to go, hey, that word, that thing he just said, what does that mean? And someone's going to flag it, but no one did. So any of you out there that don't know what I'm talking about, watch the movie again. Find the insult. I think if you look up the definition, you will be fairly shocked that it made it into a Marvel PG-13 uh, film. Yeah. So I gotta I gotta jump off here, but real quick, I'll tell the celeb sighting story. So the, yeah. the first one, uh, my wife went out of town, I don't know, a week or so ago to visit her sister, and we went to pick her up at the airport. Uh, she had been joking about you know uh, someone on that was on her plane coming back from Dallas. Uh, being uh, like uh, patient zero, you know, just kind of this crazy looking guy that was coughing a lot and uh, that she didn't want to sit next to. And uh, I was there helping, you know, she had checked her bag and we're standing there and I see this big sort of balding guy next to me. And I'm like, do you know who that is? And she was like, that's patient zero. And I go, no, that's, that's Sid Haig. I'm like, that's the guy from House of a Thousand Corpses and stuff. And Jason like, of probably, Star Command. He was Drake. Uh, that's right. Yeah. He's been in everything. Drake, he's, Sid Haig. You look him up. You look him up on IMDb, he's been in everything. He was in, because Tarantino loves him, he was he was a judge in Jackie Brown for like 20 yeah. seconds he's in that. I, I think he's in one of the Kill Bills, too. I think he is, yeah. I think he's in the second one. So uh, we sort of made eye contact, and, and he could... He would he recognized that I recognized who he was. Oh, funny. And he just kind of gave me a look like, yeah, don't let's not make a big deal. <laughs> so just like, okay, all right, I get it. You know, you've been traveling, so I just kind of nodded and, uh, and he went on his way. Yeah, and, and then of course the other one is Mike Mignola, uh, creator of Hellboy, uh, went trick or treating at his house. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I had I he had, was in his he was in his pajamas. I had a not so nice experience with him at Comic Con. Which I'll go oh. into some other time. But just real okay. quick, you remember my, my, my Prometheus, Naomi, Naomi, blah, blah, blah? Yes. Okay, it's not, it's not seeing McCartney for me, but it is weird that just, you know, how infinitely improbable. If, you'd, if we'd gone someplace else, we wouldn't have seen, we just were talking about it. And the next day, as I'm walking around the village, I was going to go to this other spot. I decided not to. I'll just get back to the hotel. And as I'm walking through the door, she's walking out with her suitcase. Huh. And I just I thought don't 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 say anything don't, and then I just kind of turned. I said, "Excuse, I'm sorry. Please tell me we're going to get some answers in the next." Thing. And she, <laughs> did you really? I did. And she kind of looked at me. And she went <laughs> and just kind of giggled. She says, "I hope so." And then she just kept. <laughs> but I could. It's just one of those moments. Like don't don't don't. And I'm like, no, I've got to say something. What's going yeah. on? So, uh, but again, it's like, what are the what are the odds? You know, just that I'm the second I'm walking through the door. There she is again. It was very strange, you know. That's there was a time amazing. we were at this this hotel in in London in Soho, the the uh, the Soho house. Every single time I got in the elevator, Gabriel Byrne got in the elevator with me. 
I mean, if it was five elevator rides, he, I, I'd stop at a different floor. He'd get in. I'd be in the lobby. Yeah. He'd get in. <laughs> Every time I knew the elevator, there he was. And he always smelled just of wine, just a little bit of booze on him. Mm. And he'd been out there mm. before. Anyway, there's some, there's some stuff for you people to chew on. Thanks right. for listening. Send us your postcards and letters and gifts. Keep the gifts coming. I love the gifts. Oh, absolutely. And uh, and uh, great to hear your voice again. We'll do this again very soon. I'm in town now, so we can make this happen. Sounds like a plan. All right, everybody. Thanks. Shiny. Let's be bad guys. I know kung fu. Show. Secrets of nature's deepest mystery.